Hi, I'm Doyle. And I'm Jordan, and I got something to say about the situation with the University of California. Uh, they have voted to suspend requirement for the ACT or the SAT until uh, 2024. And there's uh, several parts of this that I want to kind of dig into. Um, as I read about this, and when I first saw the, the story that they were considering it, um, I thought, well, that's a little strange. Why would they consider that? And then it occurred to me, oh, students probably can't take the test right, tests right now. Um, they, and they need that for, you know, applying immediately, basically, for the fall. Um, and some students would want to take it now potentially even for next year so i can understand you know wanting to delay uh that that requirement or or you know absolve them of that requirement for the short term because of the real special circumstances we find ourselves in that makes a lot of sense to me um but uh as they actually approved that change and uh i saw that it was a, a delay to 2024 to potentially pick that back up um it made me scratch my head a little bit but that's a long time out from right now and uh presumably things will get back running pretty quickly in the next you know few months and taking those tests won't be a problem anymore right and at that point then yeah let's 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 pick back up this this requirement and uh, so I was wondering why that was um and and of course this all all this revolves around maybe a, a uh predecessor question of what is, what is the utility of ACT, SAT sort of tests, of those tests specifically, and uh, the utility of using that to determine, you know, ap applicants' uh, uh, status, at one, and then two, just, you know, uh, ability or, or relevance to certain programs or certain universities uh, or colleges, for that matter. Um, and so... I, Really, the reading into this, like where this comes from and kind of the thought behind all of it led me down a little bit of a rabbit hole that I want to unpack here with you tonight, Doyle, if you're up for it. Sure, um, sure. So there's two parts to this that we probably need to separate, or three parts. The first part being uh, what I would mentioned before, you know, the relevance of standardized testing, uh, maybe particular SAT, particularly ACT, SAT, but just maybe broadly, let's just say standardized testing and the use of that with regards to an admissions process at a, a college or university. Um, that's one topic. Uh, another topic is um, that this, the lifting of this requirement for the certain circumstances we find ourselves in now with COVID-19 and, you know, just all of the different uh, gubernatorial decrees around the country and how that affects things like, you know, taking and, and administering sure. the ACT and SAT. And then the third is uh, the movement of uh, I, and this, and it's apparently a movement that that I did not, I was not aware of until looking into this. Of a certain uh, uh, groups of people who uh, are trying to have st uh, standardized tests removed from admissions processes um, uh, for various reasons, right? Uh, and we, and I kind of want to go through maybe some of that and just maybe speak mm -hmm. a little more detail. What I know, and and, and I want to first make a disclaimer here that I don't know everything and I've, mm -hmm. I've done limited research to this, but I've read a f uh, several articles and I've tried to take in from a few different viewpoints. As we've t said before, you know, you, you try to balance that out as much as you can. Um, and, and my thoughts on it aren't, I don't think are, aren't too slanted. I just have some pretty strong ones because I had 
I've had this real kind of paradigm shift in my life in the past several years where I had previously been a very strong proponent of academia um, because my experience with it was extremely limited and in extremely technical fields. Uh, but academia as a whole, that's a, such a minority of academia as a whole that uh, as I've, tr- I've broadened my view on that to see like all of that as an institution, uh, I kind of have a different perspective on it. And, and I think a lot of this is all intertwined so that's all big intro <laughs> and so like i said uh, we could take all three of those points if you want um but maybe let's start with the idea of using act sat standardized testing as a metric or as a a, a tool for determining the viability of potential candidates at a college or university um so uh argument posit the argument that this is probably why universities and colleges use them is that they give a way to compare students that are coming from vastly different educational backgrounds not just in what they learned but also in the school systems that they were in and what those school systems taught and how, and how deep they went into the things that they taught um, it's a way to abstract some of that away to try to see what is this student's you know propensity toward well, learning or current level of uh, learning and, and likelihood of success too right i mean that's that's sort of an indicator right. that right. yeah the, that's that's what i mean by propensity to learning meaning right. that they, they can go to these classes they can absorb and they can they have some faculty of uh critical thinking at least to some degree such that they can apply that to any field, right? Because they, they, all students, no matter what major you're going into or if at a university or college, are usually subjected to this requirement of an, a right. standardized test. So so the theory is that if, no matter what field they're going into, it gives some level of base ability, base critical thinking, et cetera, that you can apply to any field and, and potentially be successful. Yeah, I think a foundational block to 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 that uh, to the to the stipulation that that the ACT and SAT tests uh, serve as indicators, uh, you, you have to look at some of the, the the foundational blocks, and that is, what is the 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 grading or the scoring system that these students, uh, uh, the various students, uh, all operate under? It's not the same, right? It's not the same from school to school. Um, you might, you know, one school. Um, uh, and this is something that I never quite understood. You know, 4.0 is, is, is straight A's, perfect. How, how can people graduate with a 4.8? I mean, I understand the rationale. They, they take advanced courses, but that sort of sort of changes the, the, the metric, sort of changes. It's like, you know, saying, you know, a ruler is, is no longer 12 inches, it's, it's 16 inches uh, because we need it to be longer. A foot needs to be longer in some instances. Well, that would be okay if, if it meant that. What that means is some rulers are 16 inches, some rulers are 12 inches. Right. Right. And, and so that's the that's the thing. There, there's no consistency and there's no it's, it's hard to say, well, you know, one person could could have graduated high school with a three point five GPA grade point average and another uh, student in a different school graduate with a four point oh. But the person with the three point five could have a uh, could have accomplished a lot more in school based on the, the, the expectations. And I mean, you, you probably even would would uh, say that or, or would agree that and even in, in this within the same school 
the the tracks that students take right some students take you know the stem track you know the the science and and, and technology sure. and and math and what all and some don't they take the 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 minimum that's required in those and, and take you know the more um uh, uh, uh social i mean uh, uh, uh well vocational well, not vocational. I'm just thinking liberal arts is what I was looking for. The, the more oh, liberal okay, arts, sure, sure. Uh, course structure, and uh, and you know, and, and there's there's less, uh, uh, you know, they're different, but they yeah. get measured in the same way, and and so uh, the standardized test. The I think the uh, an objective was to to what you say extrapolate from all of that and uh, have. <clears throat> have a, a, a measuring stick that at least attempts to be the same everywhere. Yeah. And the, and, problem, uh, the problem is it's not even that, right? Because then that, right. what I was talking about doesn't even take into account, you know, uh, 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 you know, social uh, uh, influences. You know, we, we, we know that uh, or believe that the standardized tests tend to uh, be uh, biased against minorities, or at least that's the right. That's the word of the experts. And I, well, I think definitely let's save that part of it to one mm-hmm. of the the parts where we're talking about the arguments against it, because that's that's one of sure. the, the arguments, obviously. And 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 I think that it, it, a discussion around that's warranted. But you reminded me of a fourth point that I kind of wanted to talk about, which which maybe we can tack on right after this section before we go to the to about actually extending those or, or dropping those requirements, um, and that is manipulation. Um, right. and, and manipulation in a lot of different ways, and, and we can talk through all that. Uh, but going back to your point about um, kind of trying to equalize the ruli- ruler with regards mm-hmm. to students in you know different schools, different states, vastly different systems, different cultures, even right. Right. Um, and in uh, how it even does that within the same schools, uh, I, and you say within different tracks. I would even argue as minutely as within the same tracks. Because in my personal experience, there was some discrimination of applied uh, things like extra credit and whatnot based mm-hmm. on you know students schmoozing with teachers, et cetera, and sure. um, and it's a it's a political game even at that level. And so, uh, but my point being is that uh, we need that desperate i believe this is me putting my opinion out there um but i i think i I think that it's well reasoned and well founded that we desperately need some sort of way to compare you know uh john smith from um you know uh i'm trying to think about like mobile alabama to uh jane jeffries from uh uh, Vancouver, Washington, right? Mm-hmm. You know, th- those two uh, uh, school systems are going to be extremely different. And let's take the let's take the case where uh, John Smith down in, and if that's what his name was, I don't even remember if that's what I said. <laughs> Say John Smith down in Mobile is 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 by any metric that we can really assess, more, much brighter than the the girl from uh, um, Vancouver, Washington. Uh, so it, it, likely. If you were just to talk about, ask them about the things that they learned in school, the girl's going to have learned more just by the mere fact of how the school systems in those areas probably work. And that's a die roll. I don't know that. That's based on other things that I know about those areas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, and it's no judgment. On it. That's, I, I, it's just the facts. I mean, you, I think you can assess that. One way or the other, it's going to be different is my point, right? right and so you could have right. somebody really bright from a, a school system that they don't learn as much and somebody not very bright from a school system that you know just really – pound stuff into kids heads where they they come out knowing some things and that's not going to be a good metric right you need some metric to say you know forget about what things you learned i I need to know if you learned how to learn i need to know if you learned how to think you know that sort of a thing and so whether that's the act or sat i don't know that those are necessarily good measures of that Uh, i have opinions on that as well that we can talk about shortly Um, but we need some sort of metric that attempts at least to be as objective as it can be to compare those students in those situations for the purposes of a university um because what's going to happen, I, I say we need that. I think that we need that for efficiency's sake. I don't think it needs to be a single test, though. That's why I right. think that it's great that there's ACT and SAT. But they don't really compete because it's really – and this is a completely different tangent from this topic. But uh, I, I think it's 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 really bad that it's almost like some of these schools, these universities and colleges, and high schools even for that matter, are in cahoots with the organizations behind ACT and SAT because it's like – certain schools will mainly just take the SAT and they don't won't really take the ACT and vice versa. Um, some do both, you know, and, 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 and that, I think that that's better. Uh, but there's really only those two major tests, right? Why, why aren't there half a dozen or a dozen different ones? And why aren't they all, you know, accepted? It, it, why isn't one of those things where a school wants you to have like three of these 12 standardized tests so that they can get a better picture of, you know, what, where where you're at on all that and well, so it's, it's it's almost like it's a deflection it's like it's like they kind of want to try to do this but are they really trying to engage in that so go, go ahead with what you're going to say i was just going to say you're right and, and having more i mean it's like uh you know measuring twice cutting once so you know the carpenter yeah. you know rule of thumb. you know the, the more you measure the more certain you're going to be right uh, with the result um, and if you get a variation, well, then, you know, th- then you, you measure again and, and see, do, does that variation, is that, the, is that reality or is the, was the original uh, uh, measure uh, correct or, 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 or absolute or the appropriate one? Um, you know, the, the thing is, and you're right, it, it is a game to a certain extent. And that's the, that's the sad part, uh, you know, uh, that these me- measures, these metrics and, and measurement tools, they, they all tend to, to fall into that. Uh, you know, and, and create industries around, it. and that's probably why there's not uh, more competition, so to speak, for those two tests. Right? There, there are preparation courses that uh, you know I've known of students that that spent uh, you know sign- parents actually spent a, a significant amount of money in helping the students prepare to take you know the SAT or the ACT to get uh, uh, you know a, a better score, right? Because the, the scores are the things that you know. A, a one point difference in the score. In fact, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a story to that effect. When, when I was a senior in high school, a long, long time ago, um, um, I visited uh, one uh, very nice private university uh, near here, uh, near where I live. Uh, well known, uh, if I were to say it, you would know it. It's, it's uh, well known around the country uh, as well. Uh, pretty small, uh, a couple of thousand students. The assistant director of admissions, when I went down uh, there to visit him for the the, the visit and the, the tour uh, campus tour, he asked me had I taken my ACT, and I said I said I had, and I told him he said what was your score, and I told him my score. He said, would you be willing to take it again? If you could raise your score up two points, I could give you a full four year scholarship. And, but uh, he said, but at the score that I had, he says, uh, the competition is so tough, I couldn't even uh, guarantee that you'd get accepted. 
And it's I mean, wild. it is. And, and it's not like if he says, oh, you, you know, you increased your score by, you know, 20 percent. I mean, the, the, the difference was probably a, a 5 percent, um, you know, difference in score from going from, uh, you know, at, at the time, probably a, a 50 to 60 thousand dollar scholarship for four years. Tells you how long ago that's been uh, in a private school. Uh, uh, to the point of not even getting in. And so, you know, those kinds of scenarios, and that's been, that's been, you know, a year or two ago, um, uh, you know, since that occurred. And so, you know, it happens even more now where those things are, are indicators, you know, a, a person makes, you know, one score and they make, you know, 2% higher, then it sets them in a whole different category of, of, of appeal to the universities because the universities want the better students, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're biased in that way, right? Because it's they, they they can use that as 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 marketing material for for the next wave of students that they want to bring in. They want to attract the best and the brightest, and all in all that they do. So well, I I have an opinion about that. I, I think I think it's more along the lines that the brighter students are more likely to graduate and are more likely to fall into the alumni association. But that's <laughs> that's an opinion. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, to to the point about you know this particular point about this there is a, a need of sorts and the the you know uh the university of california the 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 head of that university is janet napolitano um and and she uh, they, the article that i was reading recently said that she had been uh, they've been studying this for two years about removing yeah. the, the the standardized testing and, and and i think like a lot of other scenarios the uh coronavirus pandemic uh, sort of gave leverage to uh, a lot of different decision makers to either make it a, a big decision, big, bold decision, or to accelerate a big, bold decision. And I feel like that's what's happened here because it, uh, it's a perfect storm for the the meeting multiple needs. Uh, but the, the point I'm, I was going to make there is that they, they were going to try this for a few years, for four years. That was the, well, it was 24, 2024. And then at that particular point in time, if they had not come up with a better one, they were going to uh, remove the need for standardized testing for admission as a as an admissions criteria. Uh, they would still use them, but they would not be required for admission. So that that's kind of both of the next sections in one. But so before yeah. we jump into that, <laughs> um, uh, I, I want to talk about. No. for leaking on the topics <laughs> no 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 no. that's quite all right i mean uh, i want these conversations to be natural and I, I think that that they have been to this point i think it's more beneficial and easier to follow when they are natural in that way um, but before that I, I do want to talk a little bit about the um the subject of manipulation uh and, and kind of as an intro to that let's let's talk a little bit about the efficacy of those particular tests the act and sat as a as being the, that standard ruler that we're talking about. Um, and then I think that can lead naturally into this whole idea of manipulation. So um, I, I will fully admit I never took the SAT. I took the pre-SAT, um, mm -hmm. and I don't recall what I got on it. But I took the ACT several times because I just kept trying to want to get a better score. It's mainly just me and my ego sort of thing more than it was I needed to get a better score because even the first time I got a score that would have been plenty acceptable for anything I wanted to do, um, I just – kind of have this mode of competition with myself usually. Um, and so uh, I will say, particularly for the ACT, um, it it is a poor indicator 
of re- pretty much anything other than you know some basic grammar rules, some extremely basic reading, comp- extremely basic reading comprehension, some basic math and algebra, um, and that's about it. Um, which is useful, right? I think having reading comprehension is useful. I think the reading portion of the test needs to be more difficult for it to be really uh, super uh, helpful for you know higher echelon schools. I think I think where it do, it it can be helpful for is like mid tier and and low mid tier schools. When I say that, I don't mean that from academic rigor. I don't mean that from public reputation or anything like that. I just mean particularly academic rigor, um, which is. Not always uh, does not always coincide with popularity or you know uh, uh, repute uh, reputation mm-hmm. in in the general public. Um, anyway, so I think that uh, it, so it's good for low mid tier, but for high for for high tier. Which uh, let me be clear, I don't I don't think that the University of California is is high tier in academic rigor. Um, I think I think they're probably mid tier, uh, uh, higher end of low mid tier to mid tier. That's pure opinion. I'm just spitting out opinion right now on that though. Um, and, and I mean that's that's almost irrelevant. It is irrelevant to the conversation at hand. I think. Anyway, uh, the, the science portion is useless. It's absolute garbage, trash, useless. It does. It is. It is a reading comprehension part two, but the reading comprehension is skewed in a way that makes it unclear what you're trying to comprehend when you read it. Um, and again, I, I took these this test years and years ago at this point myself as well, but I just have such clear memory of how irrelevant the science section was to anything that, one, you learn in any science class. Two, me having been in science, I, I, I've done hard science. I, I have a degree in mathematics. My minor was in physics. I took chemistry you know in college so i you know did labs all that kind of stuff you know i took uh several uh upper level physics courses you know mechanics you know uh, uh electrodynamics all that kind of stuff you know theoretical physics i took all these courses and, and I, I did okay i didn't do great but i didn't better than a c how's that um mm-hmm. For the most part, and uh, and so I, I I know science to some degree, right? At a, let's just say at a basic level, I know science, and that the science portion is completely irrelevant to science, completely irrelevant to science. So it it, it is set up like another reading comprehension part, but is it is not even useful, I don't think. Um, so generally, I'll say the test is kind of useful uh, for the ACT. So so they become somewhat of a of a uh, just a gate. Rather, yes. rather than a ruler, they're a gate. Yes, right, right. right. So, uh, and, and this will come back in the, the next section, or one of the later sections, is there may be some points on the whole get, getting rid of standardized testing argument, but we'll, I'll leave that for that. So let's talk about manipulation, unless you had something else you want to talk about about the standard mm-hmm. level of it. All right, so for manipulation, I know secondhand, I won't say firsthand because I didn't watch it happen, but I know secondhand a very famous individual that some people listening to this may know uh, uh, through football, professional football player. I know for a fact that he cheated on his ACT, and I know the individual, I know very well the individual who helped him do it, and I, I fully believe that this happened. I know, like I said, this is secondhand knowledge. The The guy who did it didn't tell me, but another guy who's even a closer friend of this guy told me, and I fully believe it. And I'm not going to name any names about this, but so I know that that happens. I, even aside from that situation, we have to know that that just happens. 
So, so I, don't, I don't have to go get Roger Goodell to, to go find out about this uh, NFL player. No, no. I don't. The thing is, I don't care either because the, at, at some level, uh, this is this needs to be another podcast. The NCAA and and college level sports and and oh, it's irre- irrelevant to academics. Yeah, professional amateurs. Right, exactly. Look, I, it, let's just do that. Who cares? Why does it have to be college? Let's just have that. I, I, anyway, that's another podcast topic. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I feel much more passionately about that one than I than I, I, I surprise myself whenever I think about that topic because it's like, uh, anyhow. Um, so we know this kind of stuff happens, right? And then you have like the whole thing where like uh, uh, – Manipulation, not just of like standardized testing like that. Wait, and then the other thing too is the pro- the proctors are in on it as well. They just look the other way, and because I I know who the proctor was for that exam as well, and I fully believe that he just didn't see it happen. You know what I mean? Um, well, we know there's, there's a very public case that that uh, um, you know we, we you and I both uh, know about where that that occurred. Um, you know, the NBA All Star. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Rhodes, right? Sure, uh, sure. And you know the University of Memphis had to had to vacate three years of thirty plus wins. Uh, they came in runner up in the NCAA tournament uh, in two thousand eight, and that was all vacated because of of a, a uh, you know a fraudulent ACT where right. someone took the test for for Derek Rose. Again, it's not unique. It happens everywhere. Sure. So um, yeah, you know some cases. If you if you know, we know one's been publicly validated, right? Right. And, and proven and then the one that you said was secondhand so with those two as, as anecdotes you know there have to be others out there especially right. with the number and those students. are sports related both of those are sports related and if it's sports related what what's going to stop it from being academics related right somebody just really wants to get into a particular school and just can't cut the mustard on that standardized test yeah, um, it's not the thing exactly but the the Lori laughlin and and felicity right. huffman scandal where you know they were bribing uh, the universities to, to, for their uh, daughters to get in, um, uh, paying hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, for, for that, uh, uh, for, for that, uh, benefit. Um, and so, you know, th- there are other people with means that are, that are doing things like that, that aren't related to sports that are in the academic world, or that it's really kind of being generous to call that doing that in the academic. That was world. just trying to buy prestige. In the, right. In the social, right. I was going to say in the social status world, is what yeah. that is trying to buy, a, you know, a, a, a access to a degree. And uh, obviously once they got there, then, then they had taught their children, they had taught their young adult children how to get the degree, right. By any means possible. Sure. Through whatever kinds of, of uh, I mean, they may not have done that, but, but I mean, it, it speaks to the, the temptations uh, and the manipulation, as you say, that it doesn't stop with, with that one thing. It's right. Just, oh, yeah. The tip of the iceberg or it's or it is the iceberg. I, I don't know which, but it's still, you know, a good friend of mine once said, you don't have 83 percent integrity. <laughs> right. Uh, That's right. You, you, you don't. Yeah. So it's hard to say, well, you know, I just did it just this one time. Well, OK, then, then, then that that means you're not you know, your integrity is, is certainly in question from, from that point on. And, and that plays into uh the last point on that or the the last section i want to talk about but before we get to that section let's let's talk about the um 
changes for the the coronavirus situa- situation sure. and and what may be appropriate for that or, or what what we and again this is just our opinion what we think is appropriate right because sure. this is the things we got to say um, well, it, right and, and it makes where it makes sense based on the circumstances that we're all uh, trying to deal with the best way we can yeah right yeah and and so I think that that is it is utterly reasonable for colleges and universities to find themselves in this sort of environment because of the situation where students have not had access to be able to take these tests to take reasonable measures to not let that be a stumbling block to students getting in right you know sure. uh but but they have to be fair about it right that's that's the trick they have to consider the students who uh worked really hard and you know for example let's say a uh, a junior takes the or a sophomore for that matter takes like the act does well enough to get into this university they want to go to um and then that's 2019 2020 hits and all of those seniors or whoever can't take it and are they going to get in over this person who was diligent and, and able-bodied before able skilled or whatever beforehand and uh um made that cut i mean uh you, comparing somebody who took it and, and, and met the previous standard versus where we are now where someone can't even prove it um it, it's almost like you need to have like a hierarchy of consideration right if you've got this if if i've had this standard before and you can prove that to me now then you are a a, a better candidate unfortunately de facto than somebody who couldn't uh provide right. that because meaning that you waited as late as you could to take it or as late as you could to get the score that you wanted to which you let's be clear you could take these things several times a year i know this <laughs> personal experience <laughs> um so, uh, and, and, but I, I understand that there's there there's uh, costs involved and and there's time involved and in getting to and fro. I understand that, that that's not free, right? It's not just falling in your lap, sort of thing. Right. But um, point being is that I, I but I think that it is it makes total sense to consider maybe more strongly GPA. So if like a student has a four point of course forgetting or moving beyond this point of some schools can do beyond 4.0, which I think is ridiculous. Um, uh, if they have, you know, a very good GPA, they've demonstrated, they, they, they have a lot of, uh, uh, involvement outside of the classroom in either academics or extracurricular stuff or whatever, um, and it's clear that hey, look, they they are really trying to move their academic career forward. You know, okay, sure, I, I think that that's fine to consider them uh, some of that stuff a little more heavily in lieu of having one of these standardized tests for a finite period of time. If you mm-hmm. if you don't take a hard line on some of these things, then you are threatening one your credibility, two your integrity, and three just the quality of what kind of institution you are. Um and and people want to say that that's wrong to try to protect that integrity or protect that quality of institution, but it's like is it really? So you're 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 saying you're not okay with MIT turning down students? So MIT should accept everybody? So you're saying you're 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 not okay with your University of California turning down students? University of California should accept everybody? You're not okay with, you know, I don't know, uh University of Alabama Birmingham not turning down So you see what I'm saying? It's like you you if you start making that argument, then you have to say then well everybody just gets in as long as you can pay. Well then you mm-hmm. make the argument well, why should you have to pay? You know, I mean you just keep making these arguments, these arguments it 
doesn't you, what you're doing is you're destroying all of these systems and institutions that we've built up um and and to what end like that's the real question it's like a student who can't get into mit i was one of those um can get into lots of other institutions mm-hmm. a student who who can't get into um uh university of chicago apparently i was one of those can get into a lot of other institutions Luckily, I think I got accepted everywhere else I applied. But the the reality of it is that uh, even outside of my, my situation, if if you can't get into uh, uh, University of Memphis or or you know uh, University of, uh, of of Texas at Austin or any of these schools, there's always some other school that you can apply to that you can get into and and succeed in. Very likely, if you really want to succeed. And the, the, the short of it is everybody thinks that the most important thing is the name of the institution at the top of your diploma when you uh, graduate. And while that means something, don't get me wrong, it definitely means something because that's why we try to protect the integrity of these, these institutions and the quality of these institutions. It means something. But at the end of the day, why are you trying to go to these places? Like, why do you want to go to University of California? Why do you want to go to, you know, um, uh, Tulsa University? Why do you want to go to uh, Indiana University, University of Illinois, you know, any of these places, West Virginia University? Like, because you've, if, if, if for me, I, I, I'll talk about me because I think that, that maybe I'm typical. Maybe I'm not typical. I don't know. The places that I was interested in even applying to were because, one, I'd seen them play basketball. And, hey, I really like college basketball, you know, and it would be cool to go to go to that university, which was only uh, maybe like three of the places that I applied to. Uh, or it was I know what, I kind of have an idea of the sort of programs I want to go into. And I know that these schools are, are good for those kinds of programs. And so I apply to those. But the reality of it is. Uh, you can look at the list of rankings of schools. If, if you're that concerned about it, you could find schools for whatever program that it doesn't have to be the, the top echelon. It doesn't have to be the second top echelon. You, what's, what's interesting about this is you can find schools that if you're a good enough student, or at least if you desire enough to learn something, you can find a school where you can go and you'll get individualized attention because you'll stand out head and shoulders above the other students in that program. Or you, it'll be a school where that program's so small that everybody will know everybody. And this is how the physics department was at the school that I went to, is that everybody will know everybody, and, and, and all the professors will know you. And, and, and so then it's so easy to just talk to somebody, ask questions when you, when you need help, and, and you, know, you create this peer group and this friend group. And it's really easy to assimilate into a college or university life if that's where you're trying to go. And it's like... You are a nobody when you're at these like super high end elite places, unless you came in knowing some of these people already or some of these uh, faculty and staff. So it's the whole conception about universities needs to change, and and even more beyond that, it needs to change to be I think even more skeptical of what value those institutions are providing at this point in history. Well, you know, I think I think you I think you uh, laid the cornerstone for. The, the whole manipulation, the motive for the manipulation of these standardized tests is because, you know, you know, you, you went through this, this rationale of the, 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 the top university that, that people want to strive to get into, but there are others that are, are, uh, 
su- sufficiently uh, appropriate for the person's life goals, right? And maybe even more than sufficient, right? Most but, people but just it, oh, don't know. <laughs> but it ends up being more of a social status. Sure. And and your your point about it, it the the name of the university on the the degree on the piece of paper isn't the most important thing. It's the name of the individual, in in, in my estimation, right? Because that that is that is your the 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 degree is not awarded to the university; it's awarded to you, uh, to the to the graduate, because it it signifies the the accomplishment and the 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 test the the, the uh, standardized testing. Uh, that, that are u- tests that are used for you know admission decisions, they they don't end up with anything except for a door, right? They open yeah. a door potentially, right. or close a door, as the case may be. Yeah. <laughs> but really, what matters is what happens when you go through that door. Well, and that and so I'll, I'll extend your point even further. To me, the 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 diploma means nothing. Like I'm glad that I have it, right? And I, and I, I'm glad that I have it as a credential to rest on, but. Mm-hmm. E- Really, it, the, what the only thing that means something to me are the things that I learned, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that wasn't from every class. There were many classes I took that I learned zero. Some classes I felt dumber coming out of than actually being in American government, being one of those classes because I had severe disagreements with the the. A professor who taught that class severe, and he wouldn't hear it anyway. We, that, we can talk about that at another time, um, but. Uh, but uh, the classes that I did, particularly, I would say all of my math classes, all of my physics classes, um, and then all of I took computer science classes that I felt like I had, a, I got a lot out of. I took uh, I took some philosophy classes I felt like I got a whole lot out of. Um, economics classes I love economics. I took I got a a ton out of the economics courses that I took, and and so it's like I felt like all of that made it worthwhile. In addition to the people that I met, the relationships I, I, I forged. I mean, not the least of which is my wife, right? Um, but uh, even beyond that, my, my best friend that I'm in a band with and we do music all the time. I met him because of, of college, kind of indirectly, but I mean, it was a bonding thing after we did meet. And uh, in, in, a, in a whole, uh, I would say, two or three different groups of friends that, that I have now because of that. Uh, and, and, a, and a network of people that if, if I had a question, like a real technical question about something, I could go and ask somebody something that like, uh, I, I one of my friends is a, uh, a PhD. Uh, and I think he got a professorship up in Alberta and, and, and we're in physics department together. And so it's like all of this stuff where it's like, I have this pretty wide network, which is interesting that I never would have had, had I not gone to college. And even if I didn't graduate, I would have still had that network and that would have been valuable in and of itself. So, so this, this really isn't a relevant point to the standardized testing and, and all and the manipulation of it, but it is a, it is an insight that just occurs to me based on what you just got through saying. We mentioned that the standardized test is just the uh, opportunity to go into the door, the entree through the door or yeah. into the door. And what you just went through was looking back toward the door from from the the, the journey through the door and through the university and right. through the, that process. Um, the and the 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 students today or the the prospective students, they don't understand that. All they see is that that binary, you know, uh, social status yeah. flag, and versus the real value 
of the the uh, the, the education, whatever, whether it be a you know a university education or some sort of other post secondary education uh, that is life preparation. That's really yeah. what, what you're talking about. Sure. Yeah. And and uh, in, in in all of its facets, you know, not just professionally, not just academic, and, uh, and not just intellectually, but you know, maturity-wise, uh, you know, uh, growth as an individual, uh, expansion of, of your 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 uh, close concentric circle of friends, uh, uh, things like that that um, are are the the outcomes and the the parts of the the journey of life that make it all worth. Uh, the worth the trip, yeah. Uh, so uh, the the next point of this, and and we didn't talk. So I, I point being, uh, and we kind of got off the rails there a bit. But point being on this session about kind of dropping the requirement in the short term for this coronavirus situation, I think it makes total sense as long as universities are very careful about how they do it, and they're they're very uh, controlled about how they do it. The thing is, I think that this whole University of California situation, they use this. Um, crisis let's i don't really like that word usually but th- this this situation as a a an opportunistic uh point to kind of shoehorn in this thing that they were wanting to try um so the i think the problem with this is uh twofold uh one i think that if you are what's the reasoning behind trying to drop this? And I think that their, their reasoning is the research that they cite or whatever is the whole thing about, you know, um, it, uh, is unfair to socio and economically disadvantaged individuals because one, it costs to take the test two you have to be able to get to the test three. Um, the, the school systems that they come from there may not be as well prepared for that, that kind of a test. Um, and, and there's a lot of laundry list of things. And, and I understand that. And I, and, and I know that that's a reality. Um, uh, uh, and the, 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 I'm going to make a controversial statement here that really it just upsets me, Doyle. And uh, that that statement is that I think a lot of people, when they say social and economically disadvantaged, they immediately think uh, minority, African American, Hispanic, etc. And and uh, both you and I know many economically, socioeconomically disadvantaged people that are, you know, uh, Caucasian, Asian, you know, all, all different kinds of races. So it's not, it's not race, race based at all. So I, I think that, that I, I would applaud them using that terminology of socioeconomically disadvantaged. Um, and so that being the case, I want to further say, so that's the controversial part, <laughs> the, the, mm-hmm. but I, I want to uh, preface what I'm about to say with that because that I believe that, that this, this is a statement that people need to consider. Just because someone has been socioeconomically disadvantaged at that point in their life does not mean that institutions that are trying to hold a certain level of quality should drop that metric just to be able to bring people of that status in. Because there's plenty of, of, of institutions that would be well a, a great match for those individuals. And that's kind of why I prefaced it with all those other things I was talking about with my mm-hmm. uh, experience. Because I, I did not go to an upper echelon school or even really second-tier echelon school, I wouldn't say. Uh, I would say that it was... Uh, if you're comparing it to University of California, maybe a little bit below University of California. Um, uh, I guess it depends on what you're studying, though. That's mm-hmm. actually true because the school I went to did, does have some pretty well-reputed programs. Anyway, point being that um, 
What you're doing is when you open doors like that for students who aren't ready, when you remove those those types of uh, standard doors and gates, um, what you're doing is you're setting students up for failure. Some students, will it'll be fine, right? Because the reason they weren't able to, to get the right ACT score or whatever is because they weren't able to take it a second time, right? They could take it that one time, but they couldn't get it that second time. And if they take it that second time, they would have blown out of the water versus what they did the first time. Because that definitely happens. Absolutely, that happens. Um, and so that, that uh, those students may have. And so and, and, and the argument may be, well, we're skewing to those, right? Because we want to be able to, to grab those. I understand. But the reality is I think that more often than not, it's just just trying to lower the standard of the the quality of the, of the the ability of the incoming students at that time that doesn't mean anything about that person's character does those people's character doesn't mean anything about it other than that's the reason that those standards exist in the first place so my point being is that there's it's setting everybody up for failure it's setting up that student to go to the university to fail because they're not at that caliber yet they could totally be in the future but they're not at that point right um and it's setting up the university for failure because they're not going to be able to graduate that student so that's a failure on the university they couldn't educate that student they said the student was ready and they didn't graduate whose failure is that i mean you can say oh it's just a student because no that's not the case when you bring in a student that you have that is below your level of standard that it is no longer fully on that student that they did not uh uh you know, graduate. Um, so that that's problematic. Not only that, it, it, it doubly uh, damns the student because they they flunk out there, and then they unlike it's unlikely they have opportunity to go somewhere else at that point because they may be saddled with too much debt, whatever. Um, so it, that's the case. And then also, it's negative to the other university that the student would have succeeded in, where they they would have been good in academic. They would have been uh, academics. They would have been good in the social life, and they would have been able to create these things. So you you triply damn the student because they can't build like these social connections and all these things that you get in the college experience because they're too worried about trying to just pass and, and 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 make the grade where they're not ready to do that. And then this other university misses out on a great student who would have been a boon to their student body and a boon to their operations and, and would have been able to graduate to them been just to that whole ecosystem would have grown it. And so this whole thing is setting up a scenario where everybody loses and the student loses three times as much as everybody else. It's ridiculous. And nobody wants to talk about it that way. I don't understand. Well, in, in, the, in, in the alternate outcome, an alternate outcome is the university uh, brings in these students or allows these students in uh, that don't meet the standard, and then the university then fails to uphold its own internal standard for fear of the the, the public uh, perspective of oh we made a mistake, and so right. they they basically socially promote using a term from from years ago they socially promote that un, unequipped and, and unprepared student to graduate. Uh, and then, the then that devalues the the uh, it, it reduces the value of every degree that has that university's name on it, yes. past and present and future. So, in, in if if any school does this, and, and and I think we agree that that there are those that that do, and, and if not most, uh, most if not all, um, if they do that, then they really don't have a standard. Right? right. Exactly. The thing that really upsets me about that is that. Um, when you go to school, uh, when you go to like university or college, 
and, uh, they really pound in your head about like uh, the uh, student code of conduct and honesty policies where it's like you, you ca- don't cheat you can't cheat and it's not you, you, oh you're just going to cheat yourself it's like no they're much more harsh than that if you cheat and you uh, and and you uh, get your degree based on cheating then you have devalued the the degree of all of these other people and it's like yes that's true absolutely and you're doing it as well, administration, by allowing these other students who aren't prepared for it or aren't a good match for the university in. It's like it's so duplicitous. It's really weird. And I, and and here's the thing. And this is uh, um, where I'm going to uh, ascribe some intent that may not be there. But again, this is me injecting my opinion. Um, they do this, then they have way more students that can come in. Those students can saddle themselves with massive amounts of debt in, in loans that are not forgivable. And you know, and, and I, I, I'm not some uh, Bernie Sanders supporters like free college for everybody. I'm definitely not like that kind of person. Uh, but uh, uh, one thing is, I think that unforgivable loans is unforgivable. That's really ridiculous. I mean, no, no other kind of loan other than a student loan is unforgivable. And I'm not saying that uh, we need to make them forgivable. I, I'm saying we need to fix a whole lot of crap around all that. But that's a completely different discussion. Um, mm-hmm. But my point is that these students will get in. University of California is not a cheap place to go, even if you're from California, right? And so they're going to saddle themselves with all of this debt, maybe go a semester two, maybe three, flunk out. And then they'll have that much debt on them for literally no gain. And they've wasted a year and a half, maybe two years of their life on this. How is this not just a recipe for absolute catastrophe? I I, I don't well, see where it is. I mean, and, and that's to your point about the Bernie Sanders. That's why that's why the the left they continue to to make that because in, in in the defense of, of this position, they see the the unfairness of what has transpired there. Sure. That, uh, um, but that said, again, that's another uh, d- uh, discussion for another topic. But um, you know, the, the that totally um, uh, ignores the, the individual culpability and the individual accountability. We're not talking about that specifically. I'm just making that call out. Yeah. But uh, that's your point. And but then why? Why why do the universities do this? And you and I both know why the reason. They're the, they're, the, acad- they're academic businesses. Oh sure. Oh, I think it's twofold. I think that's one of the big of the two two feet that it stands on, they, they, because it's just more money for them to rake in, right? Because they don't care if these students can repay those loans or not at all. Well, right. they may give lip service to the fact that to say that they care, but they don't care, right? If they did, then they would be thinking about things a little more holistically than what they are. They're being very myopic with this. Um, I think the other leg of that is that, um, and this this. This is the extra controversial statement I'm going to make tonight, is that uh, universities are becoming a um, battleground for people's minds. And that battleground is being taken over by people who have some really scary ideas. And those scary ideas are promulgating to uh, being promulgated by, you know, so much of the organization. And it, it is getting to the point where those ideas, part of those ideas are that no other ideas other than that can exist. Um, and that's really the basis of it. It is It has to beat all other ideas, physically beat all other ideas. That, I say physically. Effectively beat all other ideas out of existence. And that's how it's, it's going to dominate the landscape. That's literally the philosophy. And that's taking hold. And it's, it's taking hold in ways that are uh, it is not just stifling, but it is, it is 
muting discourse uh, and mm-hmm. dissenting opin- opin- dissenting opinion and 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 muting uh, 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 any kind of vibrant discussion about these ideas and are taking de facto that this is reality and and that's how things are going to be and at that point university has ceased to be the academy it is no longer it is no longer university is no longer a college it is an indoctrination center and so all of these places are becoming indoctrination centers and that is a I, wanted, I was going to say the word sick, but it's stronger than that. It, it, is, it is a cancerous growth beginning in these organizations and, 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 the, and these sorts of things. And we, we have got to be vigilant about how we fix this. Um, right. Because if we don't fix it, it's going to fix everything by destroying everything. And it's really bad. And that sounds alarmist, but I, I'm telling you, I, I just um, I feel very uh, uh, certain about this. And and I and I I'm trying to figure out what I personally can do to help make things better than what they are. And that's part of that's part of why we have these conversations, right? That that not that they're a panacea, not that they're a, a magic pill, but but maybe they are uh, provoking, thought provoking, uh, to to foster more discussions and and more uh, uh, appropriate debate on some of the topics and, and if nothing else, just the sharing of information, because the, the that's what I think is, is, is so, so sad right now is that so many people are so uninformed and, and don't even see the need to be informed. They've been lulled into this position though from birth. And that's part of the problem too, is that, that it's, it's a, it's an intertwined machinery uh, um, that, that works together without acknowledgement of each other. And, and that's what's really insidious about this is that um, it is a... People want to use this term, um, it's an agenda. And and I, I don't like using that term at all because one, it's already become a real um, uh, kind of a weasel word in a lot of people's minds. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, I think agenda is a technically okay term for what, what they're trying to talk about but i think it's loaded or not loaded but it has too much baggage right now um but there are reasons why certain organizations do, are doing certain things and are saying certain things in certain ways and it underlying it all is a huge level of manipulation that people just don't understand that they're being subjected to day in and day out just about everywhere that they look mm-hmm. um and that is unfortunately setting up a scenario that if we don't figure out how to break out of it and how to, you know, move on to something better, that, uh, it's all going to just end in flames. Um, and I, I, I think that there is progress in the way of, you know, people understanding about this being the nature of reality and, you know, trying to do things to combat it and to speak out against it. And, and so I have, I have hope in some things that I see. Um, but we, this is part of the deal with me in this podcast too, is I could just no longer be silent about all these things. I've just seen it for so long and this pattern just continues to reemerge everywhere. And it's just so crystal clear to me now that if I continue to remain silent, then I'm complicit and I just, sure. I cannot be complicit. Sure. I, I absolutely 100% agree with that. And that's, you know, that sort of the, goes to the, how we've titled this this, this podcast, Things I Gotta Say, um, uh, where it's, it's bursting out. It's, it's, it must find its way out 
in in whatever form uh, a constructive form yeah. that, that we can we can uh, we can find and and that's what we're trying to do and uh, um, this will be the last thing that I say about this and and that's that's what's kind of I guess frustrating to me too and in all of this is that I see a lot of people that I believe have a pretty good understanding about what's going on and they're the fire in their heart about this rages as much as it does in mine and it just kind of overtakes them and they kind of fall into the emotional side of things and mm-hmm. it, and then so they're just kind of like screaming about it and i totally understand that impetus right and that that drive to just want to tear your hair out and you know tear your clothes off and wear sackcloth sort of thing right mm-hmm. i totally understand that but it, that's just not constructive because then people who see that can point that out and see see everybody who thinks that way is just crazy right Right. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, credi- credibility is, 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 is harmed and not in a good way. Right. Right. Yeah. All right, Doyle. I think we should probably call it about there. What do you think? Okay. I, th- I think we have, I think we have flogged this pretty good for the night. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it still has a, a lot of, of uh, points to be, to be, to be made. And as we see how this uh, unfolds over the coming you know months, uh, it's going to be interesting to see this, the class of uh, the, the freshman class of, of 2020 as they go into school, how that's going to be, and especially looking forward yeah. to 2021. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully this will be a positive thing. Maybe, maybe some really good uh, outcomes uh, will, will come from this rather than, you know, the, the fear that it will, you know, just degrade into something worse than uh what's there right now so yeah indeed all right well Uh, as always i I appreciate you taking the time here Dole, and it was a pleasure to talk with you same here same to you and enjoy the rest of your evening all right we'll see you next time Bye. bye now